Hey, Oz. Hey, Curtis. What movie are we watching this week? Oh, we got a combination of a game of hot potato <laughs> mixed with Flash Gordon. Makes sense. A good Ivan Drago. Oh, yeah. And a whole bunch of Comic-Con Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're watching Masters of the Universe. Why Cleveland? Did I miss uh, something? <laughs> or just, just like third rate? I was looking for some yeah. third rate Comic Con, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome back to Let's Talk About Flicks, the weekly podcast where we take a monthly theme and satisfy the theme with movies that make us smile. And uh -huh. uh, this week we are going back to our nostalgia ranks into a movie that. Honestly, I enjoyed this time much more than I enjoyed last time. I did too. I, I, I don't really know what did. it was. Like, I, maybe because I was watching it a little more critically, but I, I enjoyed uh, it more. Yeah. yeah, I think it was the lowered expectations as yeah. well. Um, of like, ah, it's a movie for bad movies. For uh, you know, the theme this about this bad movies based on TV shows. So plus, you know, last week's stinker I think was like, well, sure. this is, is going to be bad, yes. and I'm like. It was enjoyable through that lens. Yes, I, yeah, watch the taste of wild, wild. We can we get west out yes, of our out of our mind. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Oz. I'm the other host, Curtis. And before we get going, we do want to give a shout out to Patreon subscribers, Don S, Aaron A, and May Decay. Thank you once again for your monthly patronage. Uh, so, Masters Universe, based of course on the IP of He Man, the Mattel action figure mm -hmm. line, and uh, subsequent or. Uh, Cartoon also used to hawk merchandise, yep. um, and they turn it into a feature-length movie. Of that, course, they did. That really um, did not succeed in any way, shape. No, or form. no, it did not. No, uh, <laughs> there was there was money lost on the movie. Mm -hmm. It did not push really. I mean, I was not motivated to buy any toys uh, based on the movie. Um, but all in all, though it. Uh, we we kind of talked a little bit pre-show that we were saved a little bit from even just the opening production company logo flashing yeah. on the screen. This is the Canon film. Oh, uh, Canon! Oh, I love Canon film. It's just because I enjoy them then. I enjoy them now because you know you're in for something different. It's yeah. it's not it's not big studio production. It's um, we have a little bit of money and let's stretch that dollar for everything it's worth. Mm -hmm. And that's what we definitely got here. Such as Gwildor's mouthpiece. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did. I did enjoy that. Like Billy Barty was like almost top cast in this movie. Yeah, he was. It was Masters Universe, and then Billy Barty starring Billy Barty. <laughs> so and, I'm gonna, and Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, and Dolph Lundgren. Uh, I didn't really pay much attention to notice whether or not the cast was alphabetical, um, but either way, Billy Barty was there. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this basically, this movie was a bunch of hot potato at Comic-Con, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you got the cosmic key. I got the cosmic key. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, who's got the cosmic key now? <laughs> not Beast Man. No, no, <laughs> not, no not Beast Man. He was too busy bleeding from his face the whole time. Pretty much, yeah. And begging Skeletor. So. Yeah, yeah, he was. Such a softy, that Beast Man. Oh, give me um, a hug, Beast Man. I bet he's, yeah, good, the, bet he's a good cuddler. Yeah, he, he would be. Fuzzy guy. Uh, there's a lot, there's, there are enough 
characters from the He-Man universe in this movie, but there are arguably just as many characters that are not from the He-Man universe. Yes, written uh, written for the screen. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and so why don't you get into some of yes. those casting characters of the movie? Yes. So uh, I, I divided this up into the good guys from Eternia, the bad guys from Eternia, and the humans from Earth. From so. Earth. Starting with the good guys from Eternia, we have He-Man, played by the sort of English-speaking Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, he's good at phrases. And yes. any, like, monosyllabic, simple sentences he's yes. good with. <laughs> we have uh, his right-hand man at arms, played uh-huh. by John Cipher, who I, I really appreciated this character. He, and, and, he, and I, he I don't was all it, in. Yeah, I don't think I appreciated this character until I watched, until I this past screening yeah. of it, because it it felt like his character felt like he fit into like a modern action movie. Yes, is kind of the the serious but still quippy. Yeah, like sidekick guy. Yeah, the guy who's like, yeah, I've been here before. Yeah, been here, done that, done yeah. my tour. I've seen it. I'm gonna it's just eat, I'm gonna eat a bucket of chicken now. Right, I'm just two days from retirement. <laughs> I've never felt so alive. <laughs> we have Mad at Arms' daughter, Tila, played by Chelsea Field, uh, another uh, another hero there. Uh, and then we we have Gwildor, the aforementioned Gwildor, played by the one and only Billy Barty, who's part Yoda, part R2-D2, locksmith inventor. And part Orko. That's really his role here. Was, yes. He was the, the comic relief. Gwildor was the Orko to the cartoon, as well as the, uh, the kazoo from the Flintstones. Like, just this <laughs> insert insert thing that doesn't really fit, although it did in Eternia, but at the same time, like, you really don't offer a whole lot to this plot. Uh, and then the last good guy from Eternia, we have the Sorceress, played yeah. by Christina... Uh, one and only Christina Pickles. Yeah. Uh, we got bad guys from Eternia. We have Skeletor, played by... Is it Oscar Winner? Was he a winner, or was he just yeah. nominated? I forget. For this movie. For this, for this movie. <laughs> Oscar something. Frank Langella, who really poured himself into this role. Acting! Acting! Tony Hopkins School of Acting. Yeah, uh, he had... Um, bu- bu- Did bu- he bu- win? Bu- I forget. Um, nominated for an Academy Award, okay, as well as two. He is uh, four Tonys. Was it Frost Nixon? Is that what he's yeah. nominated for? Four Tonys, a Drama Desk Award, a Screen Actors Guild Award, nominations for an Academy Award, a BAFTA Award, an Emmy Award, and two Golden Globes, <laughs> and Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards. And was married to Whoopi Goldberg for five years, or was with Whoopi Goldberg for five years. Good for so, them. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I just I popped sure. up on his Wikipedia here, so So yes. So Frank Legella as give again hundred and ten percent as Skeletor. Syracuse Syracuse's own Frank Langella. Go orange. <laughs> he is the big orange ball when he's what he's yeah. you know between gigs. <laughs> yeah, if you if you tell that, that orange that orange ball has a lot more oomph, it's probably Frank Langella. It's Frank Langella. 
ca- uh, you know, uh, capturing his Skeletor energy. Also, yeah. big Carmelo Anthony fan. Whenever yes, he's out yes. in public, he's always got a Carmelo Anthony jersey on. Yeah, Frank Langella was asking too much to star in Mascots, the movie we covered. <laughs> he would have been he would have been the big orange. I live Mascots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be in Mascots. <laughs> we have Evil in his right hand person, played by uh, by Blue Gray Eyes herself, Meg yeah. Foster. Yeah. Not our first Meg Foster movie. No, no. <coughs> uh, and then we have we have several. I'm not even going to name the actors. I'm just going to name the uh, yeah. basic. Basically, uh, this movie's version of the bounty hunter rogues gallery from uh, yep. Strikes Back. I had that and uh, took it out. Uh, we have Karg Blade, Beast Man, the aforementioned Beast Man, and Saurad, who kind of lo- sort of looks like the Predator in some ways. A little bit, yeah. And then we have the humans. There's several. I'm only going to mention three. We have Julie, played by future Friends alum Courtney Cox. Uh, we have Kevin, her boyfriend, yeah. and like musician, whatever. Aspire, yeah, aspiring music. musician, master yeah. musician, as Gregor right. calls him. <laughs> Robert Duncan McNeil, and then also as we have the one and only James Tolkien as mm-hmm. Officer Lubeck playing as, as playing James, James Tolkien. Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you suckers! <laughs> <laughs> I guess all he is. He plays this role in this movie. He plays the role in Top Gun. He plays the role in all the Back to the Future. Yep. It's like that's all he is. He's, yeah, he's James he's, Tolkien. That's fine. He's he's the Michael Ironside of uh, yes. That, that's a good analogy. Yes, <laughs> the bald Arlie Ermey. Yeah, we need <laughs> we need somebody a little you know shorter and less scary. So let's bring in James Tolkien. Hey, I I, I like the My, Michael Ironside comp. That's a, that's a great comp. <laughs> it's like Michael Ironside and one note, and if you needed yep. it, he'll deliver. So. Shorter, bald Michael Ironside. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, all right. Well, I'm going to cover the plot here. Yeah, we, you jump into we, it. we enter our film um, elsewhere. We enter it in Eternia. Uh, and it's clearly a location shoot somewhere else um, because most of this movie takes place in like a two block radius of, yeah. <laughs> of, of small town USA. Yeah. Um, but no, this we're in, I don't know, we're probably in like the Badlands or the desert somewhere. I don't know. But long story short, we're in Eternia. And we're in an Eternia where Skeletor has taken over Castle Grayskull. Oh, no. By capturing the sorceress. Um, he. <laughs> it cracks me up because he has the sorceress in some sort of like force field. He clearly has set up shop in the throne room of Grayskull. Yet he and Evil Inn are talking about like this time tomorrow, Grayskull is ours. Like they're waiting for like the closing of yeah. Grayskull. <laughs> like, once our home inspection is done, Grayskull is ours. <laughs> I've put down my deposit. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> awaiting the appraisal of Grayskull, and it's ours. <laughs> like, you're already there, Skeletor. I'm gonna like, need you to patch that drywall before right. we, before we go take care of business. Once this drainage issue is resolved, Grayskull <laughs> is ours. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so. short, short sale of Grayskull. Right. <laughs> um, and so yeah, he's gonna, but. The plan is that now he has great school. He's going to take over power of the entire universe um, by the next, like by by the zenith of the next moon. Yes. Like he 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 wants to be as as the voiceover and the opening sequence says. 
come to power to be the master of the universe. Yeah, so we get yeah we get the title at the same time. Uh-huh. We get the we get the very like Supermanish title sequence. Oh yeah, we do. I I I caught that and actually used that in my notes as well. Yeah. H- had I done the movie Marriage, Superman probably would have been in. Yeah, it. almost very, was the very Superman opening. Yeah, credits. big time Superman opening credits with enough like Star Warsy and like score to it. Yeah, uh, it was it was a weird marriage there, but yeah, it it worked. Like, I mean, He Man. In the 80s, arguably, He-Man was bigger than Superman. Um, well, literally. I mean, Dolph Lundgren was bigger than Christopher Reeve. Well, yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, but not not to be outdone, He-Man and his two, like, literally only two compatriots. Yep. Uh, you know, Duncan and Tila, man-at-arms and Tila, um, they are um, they're going to fight the forces of Skeletor, uh, which basically is just a bunch of black stormtroopers. Um, yeah, not, black, black costumes. Yes, yes. Not 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 black stormtroopers. <laughs> not African American stormtroopers. Yeah, they're not combing the desert out no. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and, although technically, I think they're robots in this movie. I was reading the trivia. Oh, they made okay. them robots because they didn't want the He-Man character, you know, the the toy oh, selling fair enough, He-Man fair to be killing people. So so he was killing black robot stormtroopers. Okay, that works. That works. So, yeah, so He-Man, Man-at-Arms, and Tila are all wielding guns and fighting back against yeah, these robotic snake stormtroopers. Um, and so, but really what's at play here is the reason why Skeletor can gain access and power over the entire universe is because um, he has a cosmic key. <gasps> Which literally is like a cosmic keyboard. Yeah, uh, it's it's like it's, a it's like a Casio made into like a cylinder. Yeah, it's it's the MacGuffin of the movie. Uh-huh. Of this is what allows him the power. Although Skeletor really doesn't know what this thing does, no. because but he has it. Um, yeah, it's the thing that does the thing to make the thing right, powerful. Right. It's yeah. It's the it's the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so. Little uh, the cosmic key also contains Quentin Tarantino's soul. It does. It does. <laughs> There's a gimp involved. Yeah, and a leather zipper mask. Butch is there, and <laughs> I, I could see He Man in this movie in a leather zipper mask. <laughs> <laughs> Zipping and unzipping every time. Whoop, it was I have the power. Whoop. <laughs> Zip. Over there. Zip. <laughs> uh, and so, but. Um, Tila has th- these three have rescued the locksmith Gwildor mm. uh, because that is who uh, the robotic troopers are carrying in a net. They stop the troopers. They save Gwildor, and Gwildor reveals that uh, again. Skeletor has taken my cosmic key. Evelyn has stolen it from me. She tricked me into giving it to her. But somebody named Evil Lynn right. <laughs> you. Oh, she got me again. Why do I trust her so much? Every what? time she gets me. Gwildor is not a smart man. Um, Very naive. But once Evil Lynn has taken that cosmic key, Gwildor started. He has a prototype. Um, so there's more. Um, 
Fair. He, he went to the Ace Hardware and, and had, yeah. had a copy made of the key. <laughs> he made that in a cave with a box of scraps. With a box of scraps. <laughs> Literally, he made it in a cave with yeah, a box yeah, of scraps. Yeah, you're not too far off there. <laughs> and so he box has a scraps. <laughs> he has a he has another key and takes He-Man and his crew, uh, and they use the key. They take a back tunnel to Grayskull. <laughs> long tunnel. A long tunnel. Long tunnel. Uh, so they it's end like, up... It's like the sewer from Shawshank. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they they end up in the throne room of Grayskull that is completely evacuated. Because, again, the closing isn't until the next moon. Um, so, they, you know, they, got, they basically set up, you know, Skeletor took a tour and then they had to leave. Um, Sorceress <laughs> is still there, and so they're going to um, the key. You know, we're gonna free the sorceress, but of course, Skeletor and Evelyn and crew show up beforehand. Not before Gwildor punches in random notes into his prototype key, and then they all jump through the portal. Gwildor drops uh, the key, but not before Man at Arms and his grappling hook can from from the tunnel of passage somewhere yes and shoot it grab it and pull it through before the robotic stormtroopers can get it uh and they um coordinates that guldor punched in just randomly took him to earth so <laughs> they, they showed up on the on the set of uh dancing in the dark yeah basically <laughs> yeah and so we end up we end up in small town usa doesn't it i have no idea where they are but they're somewhere that's eight hours from california by flight yeah that that's what i picked up on like this is some like like distant yeah. la suburb but she was yeah yeah because she's did she say yeah. something about flying to la no 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 no. i got that mixed up with her parents um yeah there's no way that she was gonna fly there after what happened to her mom and dad um well well yeah and, and for con exposition time yeah she, her parents are dead. They yeah, died in a, in a plane crash, and she blames herself. Uh, well, it is her fault. She lied to hang out with her boyfriend, so her parents <gasps> are dead, and it's her fault. Yeah. So we end up. <laughs> you said that very matter of factly. <laughs> well, oh, they're dead. It's her fault. Yeah, well, she should feel guilty. Uh, young female listeners out there, don't lie to your parents so you can hang out with your boyfriend, because there's a good chance they'll be dead. <laughs> that's that's the lesson. Well. <laughs> It is. Like, don't don't <laughs> lie to your parents to hang out to your, with your boyfriend. Otherwise, your parents will die. And as long as you're an old enough teenager, you could still stay at home by yourself, despite having dead parents. <laughs> There's no foster care when you're almost an adult. Um, no, no, no. It's just her, her and her <laughs> dead parents' house. Right. Uh, so we land on Earth. The key, though, is lost in the passage of time well not really a passage of time it's still on earth but they got dumped out somewhere else mm -hmm. um still in the small town though so this is where we meet uh orphan julie and her boyfriend kevin um, i wish they would have called her that little, little orphan <laughs> or, julie little, orf li little orphan julie <laughs> little orphan julie she has her own radio program uh, <laughs> don't forget to buy your ovaltine right 
This is lonely talk with Julie. <laughs> I'm so lonely and guilty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got a caller from Fresno. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> long time listener, first time caller. Sorry, your parents are gone, Julie. It's okay. It's all my fault. Uh, that must be. You must feel really lonely and guilty. Oh, I do feel lonely and guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so um, we get. <laughs> We get we get this like goofy um, welcome to Earth like He Man Tila mm-hmm. Man at Arms and Gwildor all land together. The key lands elsewhere, but then in all fairness, though the key was pulled through later, yeah, like even moments later by the grappling hook. It's like a Thor Ragnarok when Loki a little bit, yeah. and, and Thor both fall out of the Rainbow Bridge, but at different at different places. Right, and so. Um, here it's where again we're in california they land in the woods he man and crew quickly realize okay we're not an attorney we're somewhere else um we're you know foreign lands then they hear a noise and it's just one of those i guess just wild cows that roam <laughs> that, that roam the, the california suburbs <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, it's, like very, a, it's, it's like a cougar sighting. It, it was, only it's a very docile and polite yeah. cow. Uh, <laughs> it moves once, and then Gwildor thinks it can communicate with it by, you know, being cute. Moo, moo, moo. <laughs> oh, I, I love these fish out of water moments. Oh, That's yeah. They're, they're, well, and it's, I mean, genius budget saving on the crew to be like, let's just film it. Let's take Eternia, start there, and then just bring it to yeah, Earth. Yeah, bring it to Earth, because it's a lot cheaper to film on yeah, Earth than it because, is to film on Eternia. Because really, we don't have to, we just use all our local stuff. Um, and so, uh, He-Man and crew, they all synchronize their swatches and go different <laughs> directions. Um, you know, they're going to meet up. And so... Uh, Good journey. Yeah, good journey. So. <laughs> good journey. Good journey. Uh, so Tila and, and Man at Arms, they come across Julie wrapping up her her last day on the job at TJ's Ribs and Chicken or whatever it was. <laughs> Ru- Ruby T's Chicken Emporium. Um, <laughs> TJ's Rib Cutlet. <laughs> right. And so it's this A-frame building that should be serving soft serve, but instead of serving buckets of ribs and chicken, just just, just buckets of meat. That's right. all it is. <laughs> come down, come down to TJ's bucket of meat. Oh, we're all out of cornbread, folks, but get you extra ribs. We got white meat. We got brown meat. Oh, we got red it's meat. All slathered in barbecue sauce. And so, uh, um, you know, and so they're kind of they don't know where they're at. Tila and Duncan. I'm going to refer to it as Duncan. His man arms is a law is a mouthful there. Um, and so Tila and Duncan, they come across each other and they're outside this rib shack and, um, you know, they, they, like, they spot this couple making out, like, hardcore making out in the parking (laughs) lot of the rib and chicken place. Uh And then they, they see Gwildor in the bushes watching them make out. But he then, <laughs> in all fairness, Wildor probably doesn't get a whole lot of action in Eternia, yeah. so this is this this is what he does. Uh, <laughs> voyeur Wildor. He's, he's a voyeur, uh, but he steals the bucket of ribs and chicken. Um, <laughs> I just I, I want to know their story. Hey, honey, <laughs> let's go get some food over at you know at Rib Teas or whatever. Okay. <laughs> 
and then they get the food, put it in the back seat, and then just start making out. Like, <laughs> rib teas. I, I was thinking of the word teas. Like oh. T e a s e. <laughs> you want this rib? Uh. Uh-uh. You want this rib? Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I was thinking teas as a t-shirt, so it's like this rib, like this ribbed t-shirt. <laughs> it has ridges in it. <laughs> it's a rippled cotton. <laughs> But instead, it, it folds up like an accordion. Yeah. So instead, you know, the, the, this boyfriend in the front seat, we'll call him like like Kyle. Kyle, <laughs> knowing a bucket of chicken gets his girl all hot. It's like, <laughs> it's like let's go, let's go get a bucket of fried and, uh, and just leave it sitting in the passenger seat. <laughs> well, we got to make out first. So they're Will probably Lord, their, they're probably their first date as well. Probably. So oh, you know, a woman, a, a way to a woman's heart is through ribs or <laughs> a bucket of meat, and so. Uh, Gwildor steals this bucket of ribs and chicken, and he gets ambushed by Teal and Duncan, and they just have a little picnic. Um, but again, fish out of water uh-huh. as you know, as Teal is eating the ribs. Why did they? Why did they put their meat on these white sticks? And of course, Duncan, who's he's been around the block, is like, yeah, that's rib bone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know, like, how do you know that, Duncan? <laughs> oh, he's 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 man in arms. He's been yeah. everywhere. He's he's been in a thing or two. He's two days from retirement. He's probably he's probably got a membership card at that <laughs> at that place. <laughs> he's got a punch card. Yeah, <laughs> buy, so... buy nine buckets of meat, get the tenth free. And so where we had, uh, man, we're really dragging our feet through this opening scene. <laughs> I'm having a blast. <laughs> and I'm assuming our listeners are too. Um, so we cut back. We cut back <laughs> to, to Julie and Kevin. Julie tells her coworker before she leaves, uh, "Look, I'm going to LA. I got to get out of this town. My parents are dead. Kevin's a great guy, but basically, my parents are dead. It's my fault. But it's also kind of Kevin's fault. So I just need to." get a clean slate and just get out of here I got an audition for a music video with this guy named Bruce Spring something or other and I need to go to LA <laughs> and see if I have a stand, stand a chance at this I got a red hanky and everything <laughs> right so I'm dancing something I don't know um, and so Kevin picks her up from work and you know he's he's got to take her I swear they said airplane because he He's going to take her to the airport. He wanted to get her or bus. He wanted to get her later something. I don't. Was it bus? I, th- I, I can't remember if it was bus or bus or plane. I thought I remember saying plane. Me like, too. But if they're in California, it's not an eight-hour flight to California. Yeah, it depends what kind of plane they're taking. That's true. That's true. <laughs> she wants to be there really early. Um, <laughs> Kevin tries to like, hey. Can't you just get a later flight? She's like, Kevin, we're not doing this again. So she's made up her mind. He wants, to, like, okay, let's spend one last evening together. And she does what any responsible would do. It's like, hey, uh, take me to my parents' graves first. Yep. And while they're there, they come across the cosmic key. Um, and so they're kind of bopping it around. Kevin's like, I think this is a Japanese synthesizer. You know, I've seen one of these. Um, it's got to be what it is. But while they're smacking this uh, cosmic key around, it sends a signal to Eternia, to the other cosmic key, notifying Skeletor and his troops. Basically, Evelyn. Let's not yeah. kid ourselves. Evelyn's really, like, the brains yeah, of Yeah, she's Skeletor. the brains behind the operation. Skeletor's the muscle. Right. <laughs> there you go. And uh, 
And so uh, they get note that they've locked in on the coordinate. Well, the, the cosmic key has been operated, but we don't know where yet. So let's sit back and wait till it's operated again, and we'll locate its tr its location because the cosmic keys have GPS. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> they <laughs> on the screen when they're locating it, they yeah. pull up a giant like Google map. They do. That shows yeah. exactly where it is. Yeah, there Putting, it is. Like, like building layouts and everything. And Evelyn says, close enough. Like, uh, excuse me, that's exactly where that thing yeah. is located. <laughs> it's three doors down from the Jimmy John's. Yeah, it's like, uh, close enough. Would, if you would have stayed locked in longer, you wanted to see it was sitting on the table? Like, where, <laughs> where did you think? I mean, close enough. So she's not ready to, really, she's not ready to tell Skeletor yet. So she decides, let's send in the troops. Let's send in our rogues gallery of bounty hunters. Send in the mercs. So Sarod, Blade, Beastman, and Karg, which they all get their little introduction stepping out of the shadows. Yeah, like, they do. Fun, fun, fun little sequence. It is fun. Like, uh, we get it. So Blade is like, he just, to me, he just looks like some, like, local PE teacher extra. He's <laughs> like, can can you put this on? Yeah, I could do that. Um, and just scowl a lot. Yeah, he's, everybody else is like sat in like makeup and costume, yeah. except Blade. He just puts his stuff on and and, go, and it's not to be confused with Wesley Snipes' book. No, 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 not Wesley Snipes. So uh, Kevin's got a gig that night. He's going to be playing the Enchantment Under the Sea dance, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> started disappearing from the picture halfway through yeah and so um you know kevin is like hey will you help me do sound check julie's like sure i'll do sound check so kevin and julie go to the high school gym i get the sense that julie's graduated and kevin's like a senior that's kind of the vibe i get she's 39 he's 17 <laughs> she's really kevin's babysitter kevin has a crush on her and she's just like not not now kevin uh -uh. Uh, <laughs> So uh, Kevin, being the musician he is, you know, he does a sound check, and then he just, I gotta go to Charlie's. I gotta take the synthesizer to Charlie's. I gotta figure out what it is because I want to use it tonight. Um, and so this is where we start our game of hot potato, where uh, Evelyn and the troops have locked in on the high school being the location yeah. of the cosmic key. Yeah, despite the fact that the key is no longer there. Kevin leaves <laughs> with the key to go to Charlie's, mm -hmm. his friend who has a music shop, uh, so that he could tell him what it is. Skeletor's henchmen show up and dis they destroy the high school. Um, but not before Julie escapes, thankfully. Uh, because, again, He-Man's also looking for the key. But Julie escapes. She's running from... The it's now nighttime, by the way. Yeah. So she's been waiting for Kevin for quite a for while. For a long time, yeah. <laughs> Kevin didn't let her know that, uh, by the way, I got to go to Sacramento where Charlie's <laughs> That's where Charlie's shop is. <laughs> you hang tight. I'll be back in several hours. Um, and so, yeah, Julie runs into He-Man in a back alley. Uh, he helps her kind of, well, they kind of come down on him, but uh, Duncan and Tila show up and they kind of, the three of them ward off the henchmen and troops and they, the, the bad guys return to Eternia. So, you picking up that background noise? Yeah, I think Melissa's vacuuming. Oh, okay. So, um, and so, uh, yeah, so they take off to Eternia, uh, tail between their legs. 
Karg is like they they out they outmanned us. They you know basically covering his covered his tail. They yeah they nice nice us. try Karg. Yeah. Um, and so Gwildor shows up in his pink Cadillac that he quickly is retrofitted to be you know semi-autonomous it's it's running on neutrinos aka yeah. space science yep exactly so i've recalibrated it it no longer runs on biofuels it's blah 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 um so thanks Gwildor. uh so uh, i lost my place here okay there we are um so evelyn's decided okay enough's enough let's get we know that it's there let's get everybody so all the evil forces are coming to to small town bringing the, bring the whole troops right uh kevin comes kevin's at charlie's is like police cars and uh fire trucks everything well, what's going on well they find out the school's burning down so kevin shows up at the school um to rescue julie it's too late but we meet um was it Lubick? Yeah. Yep. Officer Lubick. Yeah. Hey kid. Hey kid. Yeah. I'm gonna curse a lot in this PG movie. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I he drops two S words, and that's then that's that's about it. But yeah, that's. Um, but yeah, so Lubick is there. You know, Kevin's like it's Julie, Ju- Julie. He just Julie, Ju- Julie. <laughs> Julie. And uh, Lubick's like, come on, kid, let's go to Julie's house. Um, so. Of course, Kevin still has the key. They get to Julie's house. Kevin is showing Lubick kind of what the key can do, which of course draws attention from mm-hmm. Evil Ann and crew. So they descend on Julie's house, but not before Lubick takes the cosmic key and his round of hot potato. Because uh, I'm gonna, we got, I'm gonna take this key because um, he thinks Kevin stole it. So he takes the key, and then he's going to go to Charlie's store. Charlie's yeah. a busy guy. He is. He's got connections with everybody. So Lubick's going to Charlie's store to verify Kevin's story. Evil Lynn and the henchmen all show up. Well, the henchmen all show up. Evil Lynn really wasn't part of it. They all show up at Julie's and just blow the house in. But not before Kevin starts yelling, Get out! Get out! And he, <laughs> he literally throws a towel at Beastman, like <laughs> just throws it at him. Uh, it doesn't work. Um, they they get Kevin cornered, and they put on two weeks in a row a metallic neck. Yeah, truth teller, truth call, collar. <laughs> yeah, which was kind of cool because it starts glowing, and then I'll I'll give um, I'll give uh, who we got here is Kevin. Robert Duncan McNeil. I'll give him credit because he was acting all hyped up. Then that collar turns on, and I love how he just dropped into truth-telling mode. It was fun. <laughs> the one moment of the movie where he demonstrated some kind of acting. Ability. Yeah, he's got a little a little bit of range here as he just starts <laughs> telling them the truth. Um, <laughs> they just sedated him off camera. Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, and so Kevin tells him the truth of what's going on. Julie and He-Man and crew... Um, they just leave Kevin. They're they're now after Lubig. Yeah. Um, Julie and the attorneys show up to rescue Kevin. They release him from the collar. So now they're also going after Lubig and the key. Uh, they show up at Charlie's. Somehow they got to Charlie's first. But then again, 
they were with Kevin. Kevin knows where Charlie's is. So that makes sense. <laughs> he knows all the shortcuts. So they show up at Charlie's first and hunker down. Um, Skeletor's forces show up. They have this big blowout where basically it's just a big, you know, Charlie's blowout sale as they're just destroying the store. Yeah. Duncan and, and He-Man set up Casio keyboards as, as uh, barriers. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will knock down those laser blasts. Truth be told, we are we're we're clearly into the action of the movie, yeah. and we've yet to see He-Man use his power sword. Yeah, <laughs> he he just has a blaster. He's just using a blaster. Um, so uh, they fight. Tila comes out to help out. They finally fight off. Skeletor's forces. Tila like this needs a woman's touch. Yeah. <laughs> Tila, afterwards, Tila turns to the camera and goes, woman in arms. Like, <laughs> wink. Yeah. Um, and so, Julie's an idiot. While everybody's fighting inside the store, Julie looks out a back window and sees her dead mom at the end of an alley with with fog behind her she falls for the old dead mom trick yeah so she comes rolling with fog and she's come out so julie naturally is like my mom who's great whose grave i literally visited a few hours ago is there like it's all been a joke she's there so she runs out to her mom and and mom is like hey uh it's all been it's all been a, a big mix up we're we're involved in some serious stuff that involves that thing that you guys have. So if you could go get that for me, that'd be great. Thanks. By the way, um, I'm not dead. And I'm not dead. I'm Despite not dead. forget all this foggy smoke rolling in behind me, which is <laughs> which in the '80s is it is like like if you're gonna have you're gonna have a dead parent coming back from the grave in the '80s, you had to have smoke. Smoke. There's smoke there. Yeah. And, and so, bad lighting. So Julie in her freckled face goes running back in, ignoring her friends, which is something that she does do quite often in her career. <laughs> Not a good uh, friend, that Julie. You know, Julie, where are you going? She snatches the cosmic key, runs down to the end of the, the alleyway and gives it to her mom, who then hugs her and says, thanks a lot. And Evil Lynn's voice, it's Evil Lynn. No! no! Julie backs up and even screams, no! Um... <laughs> Like, Julie, you're an idiot. Both Julie and Kevin are kind of idiots here. Yeah, they're not the brightest of people. But they're teenagers. I, I will they're, say, they're... at least Julie has, like, recent trauma to blame. Kevin's yeah. just dumb. Yeah, Kevin's just, just dumb. just not a bright guy. So, um... But yeah, so... Evelyn gets the key, summons Skeletor to Earth, because now we have everything we need. Skeletor, come on down. Skeletor shows up in his, like, Joker... In, on Main Street float. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also throw it out $20 million. Yeah. Um, Skeletor shows up. Uh, they capture the they capture He-Man. They capture the Eternians. Not before they shoot Julie in the leg with a lightning blast. It is festering and sizzling, too. Yeah, which somehow is life-threatening and causes amnesia. Um <laughs> Uh, because she forgets a lot, but it also erases the memory of Gwildor's key. So um, they're kind of stuck. He-Man surrenders. They're on like rooftops now. Yeah. He-Man surrenders and tells them, you know, you could take me, but leave the rest of them. And Skeletor <laughs> is like, okay, that works. Right. Like, like, I was. You got a point. 
I was totally expect well Skeletor although they did because I was totally expecting Skeletor to be like now that we have He-Man kill them all but even when Evil Inn is like shall we kill him and, and Skeletor's like no I mean Skeletor understands the power of He-Man basically tells him no if we kill them then we've got nothing on He-Man so he's just gonna He-Man out and yeah um, and so He-Man surrenders uh, they take He-Man back to Eternia to be a slave they leave everybody else on Earth um, Skeletor is trying to get He-Man to surrender he's got the power sword I mean, he's got everything he needs uh, Blade is like Electro whipping him right yeah he's, he goes full whip master on him um, <laughs> the whip master the whip master <laughs> uh, and so, uh, Skeletor, we're waiting for that, like, the moon be, you know, like, the, the, whatever, the apex of the moon. The moon will reach the zenith in the right. sky. Right. And so, uh, so that Skeletor can declare himself master of the universe, um, uses these new powers, tries to force He-Man to heal, whatever, whatever, whatever. So that's really what's most important mm -hmm. to Skeletor is that He-Man kneels before Zod. Like, it's... <laughs> That's if we're gonna stick with the Superman reference, Pretty we might much, as well. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, back on Earth, we can't forget the Eternians that are left there. Although I think Duncan would transition really well to being an Earthling. I, oh um, yeah, he'd have a great time on Earth. I like can see, I can see him like going to like like the go karts every weekend. Right. Yeah. Like, you like, have hitting a, and, hitting a bucket of balls at the driving course, encouraging Tila to get married so that he could be a grandpa. Like, <laughs> I need some grandkids. Like Tila, I'm not getting any younger. The Kevin, <laughs> the Kevin boy, um, wearing pol like like golf polos. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> Tuck in his polos yeah. with his shorts. <laughs> Who wants to go get some ribs? I know a great. Place. Yes, it's like, oh, I've heard a lot about these New Balance. I want a pair of white ones. <laughs> Who wants to go shop for khaki shorts? That's Right. <laughs> is, is there a Bass Pro around here? Like, <laughs> so Gwildor works with Kevin to because Kevin remembers the the tones of yes, the because he's a music master. That's right. And that's all Gwildor needs. If I had a music master, I could recreate the cosmic key. Um, so Kevin recreates those tones necessary for them to science their way into another mm. gateway to Eternia. Um, Lubick shows up to arrest them all just as the portal is opening up. Mm -hmm. And instead of jumping into this portal, this portal literally just, like, removes a... a it's like the blast section in Iron Man 3. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Only in inverse of, like, it's just going to take this section and re and it's going to transport all of it yeah. including like parts of walls half of the pink cadillac like <laughs> um i imagine back on earth there's just a giant missing void like the it's building just a, just a vacuum that building crumbled because you literally took an entire section of the corner so whatever building they stole that from crumbled um so the group shows up uh, to an attorney. They show up literally in like Grayskull's throne room as all this is going on. This is where a lot of the like the all the throne room scenes reminded me of Flash Gordon, which is yeah. why I threw Flash Gordon piece yeah, in there. It is very Flash Gordon. Uh, I had retro Flash Gordon on there originally as we're taking attorneys to Earth with a big blonde muscular mm -hmm. lead. Yeah. Um, but so uh, everybody shows up in Eternia. 
Um, Skeletor absolves all this power and gets this new outfit. He basically David Lopans himself into <laughs> into wearing nothing but gold, um, and he's going to he's okay. Evelyn, all along, he's been saying he wants to be the master of the universe, mm-hmm. Mas- master singular singular. Uh, she gets upset uh, because he's not going to share that power. So she and the henchmen leave Skeletor. Yeah, she which, sneaks out the back door. Which really, like in the co- in the comics, in the cartoon, is very Evelyn-ish mm-hmm. of her. And very Skeletor result of... That's all Skeletor ever wanted was absolute power. Yep. And like every episode, he something would foil his plans. It's, um, and those meddling kids. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and so He-Man... Manages to get the sword of Grayskull. He and Skeletor have a final battle. Um, he Man shatters his staff, which was I always like Skeletor's staff. I always yeah, thought that was, was pretty staff. cool. The kind of like ram head on yep. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by kill, by breaking his staff, Skeletor's back to normal. Uh, he Man, being the guy he is, offers him mercy. Skeletor refuses, pulls a sword. Attempts to kill He Man, uh, but you know He Man miss you know he dodges it. And we get our Emperor Palpatine falling yeah. down. You know, we get Darth Sidious falling down the shaft shot. Mm-hmm. Which hooray, Skeletor's dead. Uh, so we think the sorceress is freed. She heals Julie with her magic touch. Uh, Gwildor, thankfully, he's now figured out this cosmic key thing. Opens a portal back to Earth. Um, Lubick decides, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you were going to bring this up as we were joking that, you know, Duncan would have, you know, earth would have been a great retirement for man at arms. Lubick flips it. He's like, I'm staying here in Eternia. Yeah, I'm, he's, a, I'm he's a, a hero. Hot, he's got a hot babe on one. All right. <laughs> I'm a hero. I got this hot attorney woman. I got eighties hot attorney, babe here. Exactly. Look how big her hair is. Like, this is great. <laughs> and um, I got none. Right. So, you know, uh, so we we have our Wizard of Oz moment here where, mm-hmm. you know, Gwildor slash Glenda is like, I'll send you home. You know, where, where do you want to go? I can send you anywhere. And, and, um, and any when. Yeah, any, you know, and and uh, Kevin, you know, being the idiot is like, just send us home, Gwildor. Just send us home. And even Julie's like, yeah, send us home. We get a little side eye out of Gwildor. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or what, but he, a little side eye and he sends him home. Mm-hmm back on earth julie wakes up and what could say is the sexiest sleepwear i've ever seen <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh long sleeve basically long sleeve turtleneck nightgown like <laughs> you are not supposed to see anything but julie's head and hands no nope, no nope, that's it julie wakes up on the morning it turns out it's the morning of her parents death she rushes downstairs her parents are still there of course, she is aware of what's about to happen. They are not. And they're like, oh, you've got to study. We're just going to take a quick trip. And no, well, your dad's a great pilot. No. So she steals his flight plans and just takes off through the neighborhood barefoot. Just swallows she, the key. <laughs> right. She's going to go run to Kevin's house. Kevin must have gotten up earlier because he had time to get dressed. <laughs> and sprint all the way to her house. Right. So they meet up in the street. Um realizing when it is they decide uh you know they confirm everything that just happened <laughs> Woo! 
Everything oh, is just everything didn't get, to, just, didn't get to the mute button in time. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> everything that happened to us was real. We know that because this mystical glowing orb in our hands tells us so. We've got the souvenir. Um, it's basically you zoom in. It's a scene of He-Man and Castle Grayskull. We finally get you know he did have his I have the power moment. Uh-huh. But it's 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 your. He Man in front of Castle Grayskull holding the power sword above yeah. his head. Like it's the the iconic He Man image. Uh, after the credits, Skeletor's head emerges from the water at the bottom of the pit because this is just a really long swimming hole, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the kids go. And he drops an I'll Be Back, which fatefully did not happen because yes. there was no sequel to this movie. And that, ladies and gentlemen, That's is it. 1987's. Canon produced, Gary Goddard directed, Masters, Masters of, the, of the, universe. the Universe. All right. Well, hey, folks, at this point of the show, Oz and I each give our own unique rating to the film we've been yapping about, in this case, Masters of the Universe. Oz, how would you rate this flick? I'm going to give this five Japanese synthesizers. <laughs> five Japanese synthesizers. We never saw a real one in this movie, but. No. I hope I can find a picture. I was just going to say, good luck finding a picture. <laughs> if not, I'll just find the cosmic key. It'll be There fine. you go. <laughs> so, what do you got? I'm going to go with, with two massive Dolph Lundgren pecs. He, oh yeah, those were... And you could... I got the sense, and I could be wrong, but those look like genuine, non-roided out bodybuilder yeah, pecs. Yeah, he just looked like a huge guy. Yeah. Yeah. They did a great job. Like... Um, Arnold was larger than life. Dolph was like, you were prepared for this role. Like, yeah. you were, he was jacked. Yeah, he was. He was huge. Muscles had muscles. Next up, folks, we got Outside Insights. Oz and I have been scouring the interwebs, looking for unprofessional reviews that tickle our funny bones, and we hope they tickle yours as well. Oz, what is your Outside Insight for Masters of the Universe? I have a two-and-a-half-star review from Jay Sterling Pound on Letterboxd. <laughs> Jay Sterling Pound. Yeah, he says, uh, so very dumb and shockingly slow. We deserve a version of this where they don't leave Eternia, and Adolf has that Prince Valiant haircut. Master Pancake sure made it fun, though, and Owen's barbecue sauce slathered Geldor was incredible. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't call him Dolph. He calls him Adolf. So Adolf, apparently he, yeah. he must be on you know close terms with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, that's, that's his given name. Master Pancake, I don't know what that's a reference to, and Gwildor instead of is, but he calls him Geldor. So very entitled. I deserve another yeah. another version. No, we of do. This. We, we deserve. Do. We it. oh, okay. Yeah, where they don't leave Eternia, like whatever. <laughs> you don't deserve anything, J. Scott no. Pound or whatever what do, your name was. What do you have as your outside insight? My outside insight uh, is a ten out of ten review. It comes from the Internet Movie Database from Brandon Lee Bearhart left in August of 2016. I have a feeling this was a little tongue-in-cheek, but I'm just going to roll with it anyways. Greatest film ever made. It's better than Transformers. Better, better than Blade Runner. Better than Backdraft. Whoa, Backdraft! <laughs> Dolph Lundgren is He-Man. Frank Langella is Skeletor. The girl who plays Tila is Tila. Those are all correct. <laughs> Her outfit is awesome, and she is gorgeous. I would marry her. <laughs> Great movie. Dolph Lundgren rules now and forever. You should also check The Punisher, which is the greatest film ever made. 
So which one's the greatest? <laughs> it's, it's a toss-up between The Punisher and Masters of the Universe. <laughs> right. As long as it's a Dolph Lundgren film. Yes, as long as Dolph Lundgren is in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh-huh. And, folks, it's that point of the show you've been waiting for, our signature segment, the 3 two, one in which Oz and I each share three goods, two bads, and one huh about the film in question in this case, 1987's Masters of the Universe. Oz, what are your three goods? Uh, my first one is just the power of nostalgia. Uh, we talked earlier in this movie, and I know we talked late last episode, that um, I was not... This movie was more fun than I, than I remember it. And I think it's because we had the right lenses on. I know we yeah. both had a soft spot for this movie because of our love of He-Man growing up. Yeah. And I remember loving this movie as a kid because it scratched every itch. Yeah. Um, and in 87, I, I turned to eight that year. This movie was exactly what an eight-year-old me would have gone for. Um, rewatched it somewhat recently, was in with like the last couple of years, remember it being a flop, but then through this lens of like, you know what, maybe if I watch it like it's supposed to be bad, and it was a lot of fun, like I really like this movie. So the power of nostalgia really played a part, because um, there are other 80s things that turn into films that I wasn't a fan of, because I just wasn't a fan of the original content either. Uh, my second is... Uh, I mentioned it earlier, bringing the action to Earth was just really smart yeah. to stretch this budget. Um, you established our characters in Attorney early. We know who they are. They stayed who they are. We yeah. never we never saw He-Man, Duncan, Tila, Evelyn, et cetera, et cetera, um, trying to be human. They weren't trying to be Earthlings. They, um, they were in their getup the entire time which helped establish that they are from a different place. And my third uh, is Kevin Kevin throwing the towel at Beastman while yelling, <laughs> while yelling, get out of get here. Out, get out like, of here. In all fairness, like, Kevin was afraid, but he wasn't, like, shocked with fear. They come bursting, literally bursting through the wall, mm -hmm. and he just starts yelling at them to get out and throws a towel <laughs> at Beastman. Uh, it waiting for him to pick up, like, like a, right. like a dust like a dust yeah. broom or something to like shake it at him. Or it's like he, that was his equivalent of a chase scene where I stopped to knock the trash can over to slow them down. Like, you know, like <laughs> you like you see like in Jason or Michael Myers movies where like maybe if I tip over this chair, no, the towel didn't <laughs> stop Beastman either. So those are my three goods. What do you got? Uh, my three goods. I, I took down several good, several possible goods here. I'm gonna go with uh, the first one is. Uh, when Eva Lynn and the Mercs first arrive on the, uh, or when she first gets there, the Mercs have uh, have already kind of chased Julie around that like, I don't know, it was like a parking lot, yeah, like yeah, whatever. Um, Eva Lynn brings out a camera that can like see into the past, so like she holds it up, oh yeah, and like and like investigates the scene, and you you think that you'll it'll like sort of just enhance the environment, but it actually shows the like the battle that had previously taken place there. Uh huh. So just a kind of a cool gadget. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, Evelyn's cool, cool scene of the past gadget. Uh, my second is I'm gonna go with the the point. Um, this is right before like the big climactic battle at the end, where it's just he and Skeletor. Yeah. But He Man breaks breaks free and he pulls the power sword and you you have the I have the power moment. Yeah, so that's my second good. Yeah, they, I, the movie. I mean, it would have been a huge missed opportunity if you didn't have that. Yes, he did have that moment. Uh, and my last is, I just have three moments from this movie as my good. Uh, this one is when they're battling on the rooftop and eventually they all get captured and he takes mm -hmm. He-Man with. But He-Man's, you know, there, there's dozens of, of the, the evil robots there. And it's one what, what of those, like, action movie tropes where, like, a dozen of these troopers 
all like pile onto He-Man. Oh, and then, right. and then he does the <laughs> thing and throws all twelve of them off at the same it's, time. It's like all the security guards at the mall on yeah. Commando. <laughs> exactly. Like... That's exactly what it is. And it was. And I just like those. Those moments are so dumb, but oh, so they are. Yeah, I'm so strong <laughs> that a dozen of you cannot hold me down. Yes. And so just that again, that moment just just t- tickled that that little funny boat that I have there. Those are my three goods. Oz, what are your two bads? Oh, uh, my first bad is limited character roster. Yeah. I mean, the He-Man universe has dozens and dozens of characters. There was no Battle Cat. There, you know, there was, I mean, really, like, it was He-Man, Tila, and Man-at-Arms. And, I mean, or, I mean, and Quildor wasn't, he wasn't a He-Man character. Yeah, he was like a spin-off, an adaptation of a different character. But it's like, that was it. There was no other reference to any other good guy. Um, and Beast-Man and Evil Inn and Skeletor were the only, that I remember, the only three, like, like cartoon yeah. canon bad guys. Yeah, no skunk gore. No, and it's, but the thing is, it's like, you almost wonder if, like, if Mattel was charging per IP or what. Because you had other bad guys. Yeah. You could have easily put in other bad guys. Like, Lo- like was it Lockjaw? Whatever one yeah. they had, like, you know, as we mentioned, Skunk. Or, like, there were other potential bad guys you could have had. You just didn't have them. Um, <laughs> Lockjaw stepped on a rusty nail. Yeah, right. <laughs> I had him, too. He was cool. He was kind of a Frankenstein-looking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he. I remember he had different... Like body parts were different colors. Like yeah. he had a blue arm and a green body and a like the silver mandible and um, and so that's my first bad was just sure. the limited characters. And two, He Man uses a gun way more than a sword in this movie, and like never uses a gun in the cartoon. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Like that's my second bad is like He Man's not a gun toter. It's like it feels wrong when Batman's using a gun. Yeah. You know, that kind of that thing is like, mm-hmm. why, is, why does why does He Man have a blaster? Tila and Man at Arms. Tila and Man at Arms, I completely understand, um, but not so much He Man. So, no. oh well, those are my those are my two bads. What do you got? Uh, my two bads. The first one is when Skeletor arrives on Earth. Like I thought, the Evil Inn airship was kind of cool, mm-hmm. but when Skeletor gets there in a bigger airship, it's clearly on a flatbed. Like the, yeah. Like, yeah. like the way they shot it, it's always it's a, like yeah. like ground level pointing up. Yeah, it's a, it's a parade float. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just hauling it around. They probably got like a you know like like an old international tractor up there exactly. pulling it. <laughs> Some local guy. He's throw, throwing smarties to the kids, <laughs> chewing on a piece of straw. So that's my first bad. Uh, my second bad is uh, the Mercs. I love I love the Mercs. Uh, Sawrod, Blade, and Beastman were all really cool. Yeah. I didn't care for Karg as much. He was no. the, he was the one that talked a little more than the others. He had yeah. kind of the big head and the long white hair. He looked like he spent too much time in a tanning bed. Yes, like... way too much time. He was there with uh, the woman from. Uh, there's something about Mary. Yeah, I was going to go there. Yeah, it's just he's just very <laughs> leathery. Yeah, looking. was it Lin Shay from there's something yeah, about Lin Shay. Yeah, Lin yeah. Uh, and and even more so, um, you, he only has one hand, and on on the oh, and, and, this is a baby hook. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, <laughs> just a little tiny like fish hook on the end. It's not, not, not even not, not not like a big menacing like no. weapon that he's no. on there. It's, it's just like, this this little dinky like yeah. fish hook. 
It's like a can opener. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a hook. That's what he is. Yeah. He's, he's, he's Skeletor's can opener. Kitchen appliances. Those yeah. are the only things that work there. <laughs> he make, he'll mix your cake batter for you. Yeah, it, it does. It looks like a dough hook. <laughs> so, yeah. So, my second bat is Karg's dinky hand hook. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> yeah, Karg will scratch you. <laughs> not before I, I scratch by my shoulder blade. That's my second bad. Uh, so what is your huh? Uh, I've got, I've got two. Okay. Uh, my first one is: Was there a contest to see which cast member could say Gwildor the most? <laughs> <laughs> every Gwildor, time, Gwildor, Gwildor. Every time they talk to Gwildor, they preface it with Gwildor. <laughs> <laughs> like he, like he's got ADHD and he's never paying attention. Like, Gwildor, right. hey, 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 Gwildor. jingle Gwildor. some keys. Yeah, my my second huh is: Why do characters in eighties movies? always fall for the dead parent back from the dead gag. Oh, like, gets him, gets him every time. Oh, it's like, oh, wait, I know my mom is dead, but there she is. I better go meet her with enthusiasm. <laughs> in the middle of this fog in front of that backlighting. Don't, don't question anything. Just mm-hmm. know with all of your heart that that's your dead yep. mom. Yep. And sell your friends out in the process. Exactly. So, uh, those are my two Hans. What do you got? Uh, my huh. It has to do with the cosmic key. So, you know, Kevin, you know, he's a master musician. Master. So so he thinks it's, you know, it's a new Japanese keyboard. You know, he's seen these everywhere. Um, Does the cosmic key have an audio input? (laughs) Like, how do they, they he plugs it into an amp at one point. Yeah. So, like, does it take, like, a three and a half millimeter cable? Yeah, it's Totally coax. Yeah. Or like the old like like RGB like like cookups yeah. or is it HDMI like like how become you... become standard on yeah. <laughs> on the prototypes USB C right like 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 wow how did he plug that in you got me yeah so so that's my ha huh, is is what kind of audio input does the cosmic key have? <laughs> and it can and and can you just go to Radio Shack and find something yeah you so, got me. Yep, so that's my huh, Oz, and that wraps Masters of the Universe. It so, does, you're uh, right. Uh, as we continue with uh, bad movies based on TV shows. Going into week three. Yep, going into week three. It's my movie next week. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, and that movie is, <laughs> I think, 2009's Will Ferrell comedy, <laughs> comedy romp. Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's we'll a lot ta- of pointing. A lot of Will yes, Ferrell pointing. That there is, and, and Will Ferrell as as a scientist, as, yes. as a as a like a theoretical. Was it like like astrophysicist? Oh, yeah. So there's your first stretch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a lot of science words coming out of Will Ferrell in this movie. So yes, we will tackle Land of the Lost. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I've seen this movie once. It's going to feel like a new one. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And as we were talking pre-show, uh, this movie in its own weird way, just because of the, the timing of it, has a very special place in my life and in the in, in the, the life of my spouse. So some, some deep meaning behind which, Land of the Lost. Which is in, good. In our household. Yeah. So... Man, how bad do you... I mean, granted, you told me pre-show why. How bad do you wish she would have found another movie to have? 
there, there's part of me that's like, yeah, why did it have to be land of the lost? Right, like, like, yeah, it's like, it is what it is, and yeah. I'm glad for the outcome, but it's like, uh, it could have been Anchorman. You couldn't watch that one? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't released in 2009. Right, uh, true, true. So, land of the lost for next week. Uh, social media-wise, you guys can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Patreon link down below if you'd like to join the Patreon army. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Our army of subscribers. Patreon mercenaries. Yeah, right now it's a little bit more of a militia than it is an army. <laughs> Flaming torches. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so Patreon link down below if you'd like to join us. And uh, we will be back next week, Land of the Lost, week three of bad uh-huh. movies based on TV shows. So for another week of Let's Talk About Flicks, I'm Oz. I'm Curtis. See you guys next week. <laughs>